This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Play. The last two performances we've had at home against Hartlepool and Derby, we've played some absolutely brilliant football. Different set of qualities required today. When we got ahead, I thought we defended brilliantly. Again, first half, I don't think they created much, and we certainly didn't. You know, away from home, you're never too disappointed to get in at nil-nil at half-time. We just said to the players, it might be one of those sort of days where we don't play very well, but we get a goal from a set play or something, and then we look after it. These one nil away victories, honestly, are vital over the course of a season. It was club legend Adam Murray who said that it's the little one percent that add up at the end of the campaign. And you get the feeling that the ugly 1-0 win at Barrow fits the bill perfectly. Jordan Bowery's scrappy goal proved the difference as the Stags kept their run going, but it could have been far simpler with a few tiny tweaks. We'll discuss that and whether or not it's a concern that when illness and injury rears its head, whether we have enough or not to cope. Plus, as always, we'll have your questions, comments and opinions in the live feed. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Well, good evening and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why this is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Very good evening to you all and welcome to another half an hour, 45 minutes, however long we ramble on for a Mansfield Town themed chat. A little bit sparser today in Mansfield Matters HQ, but that just means that there's more biscuits to go around. Joining me uh, to talk all things Barrow, to look ahead to Warsaw and much, much more in between, we say hello to the voice of the Stags and the man who is still trying to get a football to land on a mat the size of a pizza slice, Mr. Alan Wilson. Good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, everybody. And the man uh, to Alan's right-hand side, the man who made it all the way up to Barrow to have a nice KFC and watch Jordan Bowery scramble one over the line from half yard and I don't even think from where we were sat we actually saw it go in. Clive Parking, good evening. Hello Craig. Uh, hello everybody. Yes, it was an interesting experience at Barrow in for all sorts of reasons and I have to say um, the man who was having a really shocking game won, it, won the game for us so you can have a shocking game every week if you score. Well that's why we've titled this one Alan Beautifully Ugly because for me Barrow is is quite a beautiful part of the world, actually, especially with the the Lake District on its doorstep and things like that. In fact, you look over from the seats at the back of the Barrow away, and you can see like a little reservoir like lake type thing, beautiful behind. And then you turn your your vision to the pitch, and actually, what Mansfield Town put out was was quite ugly in the end. But you take winning ugly. I think that was the picture you put up, weren't it, Clive? Because yeah, I mean, you, you know it's better looking out of the, instead of in the arena. But yeah, very uh, ugly match. Ugly game from the sound of it. It weren't very, uh, you know, it was just a non-event, really. The, uh, but it, it was interesting to see uh, to listen to what Jordan Barry said afterwards in the interview about it going uphill and being windy. You know, you couldn't tell it. Nobody had said anything about the uphill bit and the windy and whatever. But it says second half, you know, it sounds as if they came out, uh, well, not all guns blazing, but a little bit better. And uh, it weren't really a quality goal, but he was uh, in the right place at the right time, which you have to be. Yeah, it's not the greatest place to go and play football, Barrow. It is quite open to the elements, and that's probably one thing we didn't quite consider uh, from where we were. But the sun was shining as well, so it was actually quite difficult, I imagine, to try and 
get your vision right on, on that day as well. Playing football was, I think, the, the last thing on anyone's mind. Well, the trouble is this time of year, the sun's bright and low and it gets in the way of lots of things and it didn't help watching football. I'm sure it didn't help the goalkeepers either. But the pitch itself was nice enough. It was just on a, a really pronounced slope down to one corner. And of course, as you've just said, there's not much terracing and therefore the wind gets in and it was quite breezy. Um, but what a poor little ground it is. I know they're working hard to improve it, bless them, but it makes ours look like Wembley. It does, but they have been in the Football League for a number of years now. And have you ever uh, been up to, to Barrow? Have you ever graced? No, I haven't. I've been, I think, I don't think it's far from Whitehaven. I know we've been to Whitehaven before, and then we followed on because we had some friends on holiday and we went on to Carlisle and we actually went up to the Carlisle match to watch Stags. And uh, no, I've never been to Barrow, and I don't think I'm missing a deal, am I? Not massively. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I first went in the conference years and years ago, um, when the first Stags first dropped down into that horrible league, um, the Dilly Dilly League, as oh, yeah. Cam likes to call it on Twitter now that he's left Chesterfield ladies so he can abuse Chesterfield men's team again. Bad from him. Anyway, um, I, it's one of those grounds where we first went, there was nothing behind the goal um, where we were this year. In fact, the away ends were at, the away fans were at the opposite end and you literally had the back of the goal here where the end of the table is and then probably the, the back of the stand where the wall yeah. is behind you. And if there was a, a football coming flying your way, you had to get out of the way pretty damn quick. I was telling Clive, John Pierce, when I don't when I can't get to the away matches, uh, he always sends me a photo and it just it just looked like a mismatch to me. It, it reminded me when I saw the, the stand in the middle, I know it's not quite the same, but it reminded me a little bit of Lincoln because mm. they've got that ugly stand that's just there and you know, not a deal else apart from round the side. Yeah, you've got a nice sort of stand on the on the side a little bit with the, the seat and the barrow on it, which is which could very easily stretch the full length of mm. pitch. And then the opposite side is, it always makes me chuckle because obviously it's the press box where I first started my career back in 2009. I've been there and commentated from there numerous times, including last season. It's in the middle of a terrace. So when the home fans are stood up at the back and you're sat down <laughs> in this table that they put up in this little shed, yeah. you can't see. So you're standing up commentating inside. Yeah. And then because it is inside, they shut, they shut the door. So you've just got everybody in, you're commentating in a room like this. Right. But they've, Somebody cottoned on to this after a few years of doing it and he drilled some glory holes effectively oh, at the right. top of the yeah. thing to shove your microphone through to yeah. get a bit of atmosphere. So it's always a, a good experience. There all was when I went. So it's <laughs> always a nice little ground, which I quite like. But I know a lot of fans are disappointed with it. I imagine, you know, a lot of away fans were disappointed because that terrace on, on the corner, you can hardly call it a terrace, can you, no. Clive? We, was, we found a, a, a lovely space to, to stand in when we first got in the ground. Then we got this nice steward over our shoulder going, can't stand there, lads. It's the uh, the gangway to the food. That was our pie run. <laughs> pie run. It was the pie run. <laughs> but we we managed to see after a while that not all of the seats were full, so we we blagged around the corner and got in there. But I mean that seating stand is a little bit of an afterthought as well. I mean, when they first got promoted back into the league, there was no that terrace was open. There was nothing yeah. on it, and they had to put a roof on it. And then they've, they've had to, I'm assuming they've had to comply by putting some seating for away fans. In there, it's like a collection of supermarket trolleys bolted <laughs> together. Yeah, it's very fun. It's very, it's right up. Do you know what? I actually still don't think it's as bad as Forest Green. I think it's better than Forest Green. I think but... it's got, yeah, it's got more personality than Forest Green. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, in terms of ramshackle, you've got the, I think Bristol Rovers still got that accolade because they've got about eight stands. None of them match, most of them are canvas. <laughs> so, but uh, I feel, I feel for towns like Barrow because it's a small town in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's never going to be a big club. I'm never going to have huge support. In fact, that's the, the ground's about the right size, I would imagine, for the football they're going to get there on a, week in, on a weekly basis. I worry what happens when there's a big away attendance, like when Carlisle go. Because mm. where are they going to put them? Exactly. Because they don't even have all behind the goal. It's no, sort no. Of sanctioned off so the home fans can go behind that goal as well, which is... Weird. But anyway, it makes our ground look good and it's nice to have a little bit of that superiority because we get ridiculed for having only, only having three sides. Well, they've only really got two there. So, but uh, And the other thing was, um, you know, the players come out of an administration block at one end of the ground <laughs> like, and, and it's a bit like Newport, they do that there. It just didn't seem right to me. They should come out from under the stand and the dugouts are on the opposite side of the media. There, and there wasn't no dugouts really at Barrett. It was literally just the like... The benches a, on the side. Yeah, a yeah. bench on the side, which was... 
old fashioned, but there you go. Uh, and you can tell that's how much of the game we enjoy because we're talking about the the architecture of the stadium and, and what's around. We it. had a, we had a complete half an hour on breeze blocks, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Yeah, <laughs> that entertaining. Yeah. Mortar, mortar joints. Yeah, we, we were swinging on some scaffolding at one yeah. point. It was. Well, I bet you were that. glad when uh, Barry put that one in, then weren't you? Well, it woke us up for a little bit, but <laughs> that's about the only highlight of the game. As always, come and have your say on your team. Let us know your comments, questions, opinions. As always, uh, in the live feed, uh, as Roger has done tonight, we may have uh, we have not got a scorer in the top fifteen of League Two. Don't want to be pessimistic. But what happened? Uh, but look what happened last season. Uh, Darren says, "Ugly game, but three points in, is the main thing uh, to get." Come on, you stag. Yeah, we'll come on to the scorer thing uh, later on. Uh, let's keep with Barrow for now, though, Clive. As we say, it was a very difficult game. What I actually find quite refreshing is what Jordan Bowery came out and said in his post-match interview uh, afterwards. I only watched it today. I didn't realise he'd, he'd said it until uh, until I watched it today, which was, yeah, played crap. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't argue with that. He, he was having a really poor game. And in fact, had I been in control of team selection at half-time, he wouldn't have come out. We'd have had another player on in his place. Good job I'm not in control then, isn't it? Because he scored in the 50th minute. Um, so, you know, he was Johnny on the spot, wasn't he? When the, the, It was unlucky, really, that uh, Ollie's header didn't score, came down off the crossbar, and, and he happened to be in the right place. And he sort of bent his neck round and got it inside the post, which is really good. Yeah, he couldn't really miss it at that point. To be fair. Oh, he could. <laughs> well, maybe. A bit like Stephen Quinn in the second But, you know, before, seriously right? speaking, we were the better team. And I think, therefore, the result was right. Mm. It wasn't a particularly good game of football for either side. But we went back down the motorway with three points in our pocket. And that was all I was bothered about. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? You know, Adam Murray used to say, Alan... It's the 1% which sort of add up at the end of the season. You know, people who are back quicker from niggles, making sure you get a late goal or protect a clean sheet. And if you look at it, look at the Barrow result and the performance in an analytical way with that in mind, we got a scrappy goal from a set piece. And then rather than go for the jugular, we did what every sensible team should do away from home. And that is basically protect our goal. Yes, we have to thank Christy Pym for a fantastic save. Cracking save that way. You know, we, we did what we needed to do and that was basically defend and whether and people say it was an ugly win but do you know what sometimes you need to take an ugly one home I'm going to say you t- <laughs> like what you did there Chris the uh, it's uh, it's it's inevitable really that you're going to get these sort of matches isn't it you can't play you know really well all thundering you know five nils five nils here five nils there you've got to have these matches but providing the one nil is on our side I don't think any of the fans will uh, moan about it because, like you say, that we could play really attractive football and lose 3-2. You know, it's it's the flip side of it, isn't it? They ground it out, which is what they needed to do. And like I said, with that uh, Christy Pym save at the end, especially as it bobbled and bounced, I've watched it on the replay, it bobbled and bounced. He just managed to flick it over, didn't he? It did really well from where he was. Yeah, and it just goes to show Clive as well, doesn't it, with Pym? I know some people have been a little bit critical of him, um, but I think his general shot stopping, he's, he's dug us out of a hole on a couple of occasions and he's showing actually that he's a better keeper than what people give him credit for. And similar to Nathan Bishop last season, probably shouldn't be playing League Two football. No, I think at the stage in his career, is probably that's the right level for him now. I think he could, he'd love to be two inches taller than he is. I'm sure he'd be a much more pop, much more. Di- keeper in demand if he were um, but he's certainly in the best, uh, best one of the best keepers in League 2 I think given what um, what he's working in front of or behind of in fact that our defence gives any keeper a bit of the jitters because every now and again they do silly things and it's how the keeper deals with those things and, and if he has to make one demon save in the game it's because that's his job you know but his distribution is better than than Bishop's was last year. I thought when he's given the opportunity to release the ball quickly and into a positive play area, he does it. Sadly, on Saturday, the Stags players weren't giving him too many opportunities to do that, and we ended up punting the thing, which is not in, in, you know it's not really our strength. Mm. Only criticism I've got really because all players can have a bad day, mm. um, and but crass stupidity. A couple of bookings again. 
yeah. that should have been nothing. I mean, our captain Clark, I, I think he, but he left his brain on the on the coat hook in the changing room because he didn't know when to stop talking. He got himself booked simply because he kept going back after having several warnings from the referee. And then uh, O'Toole, why on earth he wanted to upend a player on the halfway line, I don't know. It's what John Joe O'Toole does. It's, yeah. it's his bullish <laughs> yeah. nature. It's the professional foul, isn't it? Or they deem it to be a professional foul because they've got by him. Yeah, it's. I think the, the Clark one's a, a very fair assessment. I don't think that sometimes... I'm, I bet Nathan is now gutted that he's not here tonight because he'd be, he'd be <laughs> yeah, loving this at the minute. Um, but that's Ollie Clark's negative. Everyone has the scales, don't yeah. you know, of the, the the good and the bad. Sometimes they balance each other out. Yeah. The bad outweighed the good on, on Saturday and it was that stupidity of, he is the captain, so he's got a right to go and challenge the referee more than other players have because that's the captain's responsibility. But with that in mind... Sometimes, like Clive says, you've got to know when to walk away. You're not, yeah. You've got to know when to bite your lip and you've got to know that this referee's not listening to me. This referee's a Muppet, but there's only one outcome. He's got the cards in his pocket. Yeah, exactly. And like Nigel Clough said uh, in his post-match, he got taken, he got substituted off because of it yeah. and he'll pay a fine. Yeah. And it'll probably, uh, you know, when you think about the players that's coming back, you know, he could be one of them you know, with him having that sort of temperament to miss out, you know, if he needs to put, you know, either Boateng or Artigan, you know, who knows, it could be Clark, Club could be thinking, right, uh, you know, let's teach him, a, not not so much teach him a lesson, but let's calm him down. That's the good point though, Clive, because we have got so many options in midfield. That little bit of silliness from the captain, that little bit of um, descent could cost him his starting place for the next three, four weeks. It could, if he loses his place... Um, for whatever reason, he's going to have to fight really hard to get it back. So, because you're right, we have got quality in midfield. But, you know, we haven't got a huge squad, as evidenced by having two goalkeepers on the bench. Um, and therefore, you cannot afford to allow your players to get needlessly suspended. We've got an injury-prone squad as it is. It seems every time they sneeze, they break a bone. But we've got brittle players and players that get themselves suspended they're right to be punished by the club and, and he's right to find the guy for that in my opinion they should be horse whipped <laughs> i'm sure nathan would love bit that off. Um, uh, roger says pim also kicks the ball a bit flatter so it gets to our players uh, a bit quicker uh, the only thing pim lacks is height uh, but that's a minor point yeah absolutely keep your comments coming in have your say your comment your opinions your questions anything Mansfield Town related. Let's uh, stay on the topic of injuries and illnesses for a second, Alan. Will Swan, can we get him a new immune system? Because he seems to be <laughs> ill every other week. Yet again, he missed the trip to, you know, he played really yeah. well against Derby and really impresses. You know, Nigel Clough even said he had the, probably the best running stats he's had. Mm. Really, really impressed. Probably would have got himself in the frame of mind for a starting burst against, and to be fair, that's probably what we lacked a little bit on, on mm. Saturday, a little bit of pace to run at them. And then comes down with a, a viral infection. And, you know, obviously then you have to take yourself away from training because yeah. you've got to minimise the risk on an already threadbare squad. But that puts him back another week. It might not even be available now for a starting contention for another three. Yeah, it's just one of those things, Craig. You know, it can't be helped, can it? <laughs> Paul, I did probably, you know... It probably does suffer from illness. Who knows? I mean, Barry had it. Hawkins had it. There was one or two others that had it, the illness. But they came back the week after. So, who knows? It might just clear up and uh, it might be on all cylinders. But going back to what Roger said okay, for just for a second about uh, Christy Pym. Have you noticed how many times he actually comes out for the crosses? He comes out for the crosses and he gets more than his fair share. If he can't get them, he punches. Admitted on Saturday, I watched it back, and uh, he missed one, you know, where they added it over and I think we cleared it nearly off the line. But he does come out for the crosses and I think that's something we've missed since Mazza. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's definitely uh, definitely uh, something to, uh, to consider. Let's go back to injuries uh, again, Clive. Like you said, mentioned two goalkeepers on the bench. I don't know whether that's a thing to make us have seven. I don't know whether there's a rule or not. Somebody, I'm sure, will clarify that. If you have, if you can't name seven, I don't know whether there's a financial implication on that. I'm sure somebody will uh, fully I know the answer to that. I don't think so. I, I don't know whether there is or isn't, but no. it, it would have made sense 
why because you wouldn't really put two goalkeepers no. on the bench, would you? But um was he actually changed? What do you mean? Colin. Was he actually, you know, in the gear? No, but it was named on the bench. Oh yeah, no. He was in his staff. He yeah, was in his staff. Gear. I thought I thought so. It wouldn't take long, would it, if he needed yeah, to no. come on to no, to get ready. I know that, but I just and to be you know, fair, you'd be, quite, bit... you'd be quite annoyed, wouldn't you, if uh, Pim got injured and then uh, the gaffer turned yeah. around and went, "Adam, you're on." And yeah. Scott Flinders is sat there like, "Come on, Flinders <laughs> a penalty shoot at the other night." I can't. I, I've got to believe there must be some rule because there's no sense in doing it otherwise. Yes, because uh, he definitely well, wasn't going to play him, was he? I mean, no. there was zero chance of him needing a third keeper in the game. Um, and and we did it a couple of times as well. I mean, we did it a couple of times last season. We had uh, Owen Mason a couple of times and uh, Louis Turner, I think. And we had that Partington games. and all pa- in the years. year before. Yeah. We had Partington, Partington as well, yeah. I mean, uh, without going backwards, I just think we have too many substitutes anyway. But that's that's another thing. We we have, Everybody has to work the same set of rules. And that's why I think there must be some form of mandate that says... You the, have to name seven. You have to name seven. Now, ultimately, you're not obliged to play any of them. Mm. So, you know, I don't know why they need to have that rule. I mean, I think it's important to say you shouldn't have more than seven. Yeah. <laughs> but, We'd struggle. But I think, um, I'd have to say credit to Clough in the last <clears throat> few games, he's used his subs very well, I thought. Yeah. Which is not something we've always been able to to give him the credit for. Um, in fact, my biggest criticism has been that when he sees things that needs to be changed, he leaves it too long to bring subs on sometimes. Mm doesn't give him enough of the game to try and make an influence with. But uh, I think we have, everybody talks about Mansfield as being a money money bags club in League 2. Clearly we're not. We're not. And we I've don't have, years we haven't have a big enough squad. And in fact, the fact the squad is the size it is, after we've had, we've taken the decision to put younger players out. Now I think it's good for the younger players, um, but I also think it's good for the wage bill. Mm. And I think, uh, Clough is managing a tight financial model at the moment, which means you can't have lots of players. But it does also mean that the players you've got have to try and stay fit and avoid injury. And we're patently not that good at that. Yeah. We, we, there is a bit of a concern, I think, for me, Alan, that we are um, a quite injury-prone side. Obviously, Kieran Wallace being absent from Barrow speaks for himself because that's the protocols of football nowadays. He went off with concussion. Yeah. He was a concussion sub on Tuesday, hence why yeah. we used all six outfielders. Um, so he had to miss Saturday. If we had a game Tuesday, I think he'd probably miss that as well. It should be available for mm. the Warsaw game. Um, they obviously, Reese out for longer, longer term anyway. And Kel Gordon, groin, considering he probably could have potentially risked having him involved. But there's no logic in that, considering no. the distance we travelled, being cramped on a bus. Yeah. It does more harm than than good. Um but yeah, it is a little bit of a one. I don't know whether you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because if you people are saying, "I'll oh, keep the younger players around," because that's the opportunity for them, but it's not because as soon as if Kieran Wallace was available, he'd have been on the bench. Yeah. If Kel Gordon was available, he'd have been on the bench. And where are those younger players sat in the stand, not getting the development they need? So you've got to get them out. Um, it, it's it's a fine line. I still think that there should be some emergency protocols in there. If you if your squad gets below a certain number, say 15 fully fit players, including goalkeepers, that you are allowed to bring either a recall or a uh, emergency loan. Remember, years and years ago, you could have the short-term loans, couldn't you, for yeah. a month? Yeah. I think that should come back. So well, that's that what Nigel was on about, weren't he? Yeah. He said he would love that, you know, because it's good for one for the player and good two for the wages. Yeah. I think Nigel belts on about having players that are versatile and can play in lots of different positions. That's true. And if you've got a small squad, they've got to. Mm. But it doesn't always work. And, no. uh, you know, horses for courses and all the rest of it. We've, we've got a settled side when they're all fit and available. And I think a, a, a promotion winning side. But it's just that little bit edgy in that it doesn't take too many bits of bad luck now. We, we're in... We could be in the same pickle as we were in the first third of last season. Yeah, that's my worry because, you know, you take away... We did struggle at Barrow. There's no getting behind that. We struggled, but we got an ugly win and we did enough to get over the line. But, and again, no disrespect to Barrow. They were up there. You know, they've had it started really, really yeah. well, but it's still early season. If we'd have maybe played a Stevenage side um, who were really, really firing at the minute um, or a Leighton Orient with those considerations that we had on Saturday we'd have come away and we'd be talking, I think, about a heavier defeat because I don't think we'd be able to cope with that. 
Um, so I am a little bit worried about the the squad depth, but you know, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. It's the same for for everyone, isn't it? So it's, yeah, it's all about managing, getting through it. They've got to manage uh, what they've got, you know, and look after what they've got. And if it means resting a few, you know, to bring others in, I was, I don't think Otto would have played if. Uh, the number six hadn't gone off. Yeah. You know, so in from Forest. Sort of carrying a knock, yeah. isn't he? You know, Hard bottle. Heavily bandaged up. In fact, yeah. we noticed it, didn't we, in the first half, Clive? He was yeah. warming up with his long area, didn't have his bandage on, and then at half All time, right. at half time he, he's, uh, he's come out with fully bandaged up, and yeah. that's a sign of that means, well, some, that yeah. means somebody's struggling because he's ready yeah. to come on yeah. now. Arbottle had been probably given the yeah. first 10 minutes to see how he went. I mean, and then... and Bowery was eff- effectively immune from substitution, even though, by his own definition, yeah. he was having a shocking game. Yeah. Like playing with 10 a lot of the time. <laughs> it Sorry, was. Jordan. I mean, uh, players looked to him as an option and thought, nah. no. <laughs> yeah. To be fair to Bowery, there's no right back. No, He's an honest good. player, I think. I yeah. that, and can... we like him for that yeah. reason. And... and uh, you know, you want good, honest players in your yeah. side. And on his days, as good as anybody, but he's not having that many days at, at the moment. Uh, but I also, I think you and I discussed this, the um, McLaughlin's looking tired and perhaps needs a couple of matches rest. And I think we might be able to see it because there was a little bit of concern in Clough's voice with his post-match comments that he might be struggling for Saturday. Yeah. And again, this is where I have a little bit of criticism over Nigel Clough. He, the only time he's done it, um, and sort of silenced me on this is the Derby game because Grimsby, we switched it around, but he played the same formation in players that clearly didn't fit. Yeah, We did the same against Derby, but we learned from it and we actually played really, really well with effectively almost the same players that played at Grimsby um, in a better system. And if McLaughlin's missing and you ask Elliot Hewitt to play left wing back, he's very capable of doing it, don't get me wrong, but then you're missing somebody at right side centre half. Yeah. You've got to sh- shuffle it over. You might as well just go to a back four, put him at left back. If Harbottle's fit, he can play left back. Those two can play the full back, but you've got to go with a solid back four and not a back five with wing backs because those two in wing backs bring themselves out from the central three and leave us very exposed. I would drop Jason Law in there because he can play left back. It was Law injured, by the way. No. Now, is it was originally a left back, weren't he? Yeah, Jason Law. We've seen him play there before, and he's done well. You know, and he can still pass the ball. It doesn't matter whether he's left back or whether he's in midfield. Okay, he might not be able to slot it through to the strikers, but I'm sure he'd do a damn good job there, Jason yeah. Law would. Yeah, and uh, Wallace, if fit, can play there as well. Although he'll probably be missing potentially for for uh, on on uh, on Saturday, but. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a diff it's a difficult one to try and comprehend. I just think that if McLaughlin is missing, when we inevitably have to change it, we've just got to get that formation right, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it, the options to make changes depends on having a fluid squad, and the fluid squad needs to have numbers. And we're just dis- a bit short of numbers at the moment. So you you know you can be on a bad run of form, and if there's nobody to take your place, then you'll get your game. And we've said this as well. There's who do you replace if McLaughlin's injured? Who do you put in that slot? We haven't. He's got nobody challenging him at the moment. Mm. Um, and I think we, we as a club, perhaps have got one too many midfielders, and we've allowed ourselves to be a bit short in other areas. Everybody complains about a lack of strikers. And I can I can understand that. But I also think we we need a you know a new uh, wing back. Um, to cover the others as well. Yeah. But you can't have everything. No, you can't. You know, I've just had a real fear going to my uh, head, Alan. And that is uh, that Will Swan is available for Saturday. And he goes, oh, Aikens can play wing back. No, <laughs> no surely no. There's that one or two players you shouldn't play Aikens. We've seen it, haven't we? I think even Nigel's probably agreed to himself when he's seen, you know, what Aikens, Aikens, Aikens can do up front. Admitted, he hadn't had the two best games the last two games, but when he's on song, he is the player for that role. Did he play Saturday? in there? He did, and he worked. <laughs> he worked really hard, and and you know the conditions weren't right because people were firing balls to him, and he was doing everything he could. But we were not, you know, the side wasn't as fluid as it should be, and that that was true of, of Aikens as well. But I'd always have him in the side for the basis that he, he's a, he's a big player that drags defenders around with him. It's a bit like the Pied Piper. They send people out to him to try and close him down. Well, that gives someone else an opportunity. But we need that someone else 
which should have been Swan on Saturday, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And hadn't on. they won the last four as well at home? Yeah. In three or four? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, when you walk away, when you they think about it... four out of five at home. Yeah, yeah, when you think about it, it's a damn good result. It's a very good result. And like, you know, like we said, it's the 1% that add up at the end of the yeah. season. Come the end of the season, if we've got into the third place or second place by two points, well, yeah. they, there they are. You've, yeah. That's them. And you wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got that last season, so there is a significant improvement on that. Yeah. No, and I think we, we've drawn at home, which was a bit disappointing because we got the game where we wanted it and we let it go. Um, and we've won away from home. I suppose we'd settle for four points under oh, normal circumstances. Yeah, that's what Nigel said didn't from they? those two games. Yeah. But I don't, you know, we'll look back on the things on the games we've, we've won ugly and, and be grateful for having done it. We'll also look back on the games where we've taken a two-goal lead and sacrificed it. I'm sure, mm. and it's happened before. Yeah, with the same team, funnily enough, last year. And it'll happen again. I'm sure it'll happen again. Uh, keep your comments coming in. Apologies if I'm squinting a little bit. We've got no comments with Cam tonight because uh, he's, I don't know where he is. Hollyoaks on again, is it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and no, I don't Nathan, know. no Nathan either because I know Nathan likes to volunteer and read them when he's sat in this seat. So I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, Adam says, could Craig, Allen and Clive not feature on the bench? They talk a good game. Um, <laughs> not, mate, if I'm getting signed, I, I'm not. Forming a bench, no I chance. can give him a good 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, take me on. 10 minutes, put my socks on. <laughs> and the rest. Uh, Roger says, look, Stags are doing great with what they've got, but until they uh, get out and get an out-and-out striker, things will remain the same. I don't know the money and politics of getting players uh, but that's the missing link in my opinion. Um, let's touch upon that a little bit because you mentioned it a little bit earlier on, Clive. We've sort of flirted around it um, for a number of years since since Clough has come in. This perception that Mansfield Town have got this massive bag of money from the Radfords, which goes to Clough. ER, go and get what you want. It's completely untrue. And I've had this argument with so many fans on so many different podcasts that Actually, if you were to probably pinpoint where Mansfield are financially in this division competing, I don't think it'd be top seven. I think it'd be t- probably top 10, but lower part of top 10. And this whole thing of getting money, you look at what Nigel Clough has done. The players that were here when he first came in, there's barely any of them left. He's done well to get them out, get a much better squad in on less money. Exactly what he did at Derby. He's balanced the books a little bit and he's got his good good place competing but that comes at a cost when you're trying to get good players in and you've got a tinier well a decreasing budget it leaves you less wriggle room doesn't it it does but you know it's is that's in my opinion that's when the other players have to step up which they are doing to a degree at this present time now who's to say that when Oates doesn't come back he's going to rattle through with 10 12 goals one after another it's like swan if he gets to start, he could do the same. But, you know, it's just at the time, at the moment, you've got to play with what you've got. Nigel's shuffling his pack round to the best of his ability with injuries. And, you know, it's horses for courses. It certainly is a long you know, season. You know, I think well. it's too easy to get despondent. I and mean, there's no case for it. I mean, we've got 23 points. Which is more than And we're in year. sixth position. Fifth or sixth, is it? Fifth. Yeah. Fifth. Same period last year. 10 points and we're in the bottom three. So we've absolutely nothing to worry about on the basis of those stats, yeah. provided we can continue to perform as well as we are doing, or better still, to perform as well as we did in the second half of last season. Yeah, we've certainly got to give it a push, haven't we? And, and you know, if we win every game ugly, 1-0, we're promoted. Yeah, and you <laughs> yeah. wouldn't mind that at all, would we? We'd be sitting here thinking, no. job done. That's all we ask for at the end of the season. Sometimes you've got to take the rough with the smooth. Let's have a look at some more comments. Uh, Jono says, this is an issue I was talking with uh, to Craig about in person on the first uh, day away at Salford on the first day. Uh, I can't remember that, but there you go. Uh, we've got endless players that can fit in numerous positions in different formations. I'm not sure anyone knows what our best 11 is uh, sim- uh, simply because we've got that many options. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, Roy says, let's not forget that Barrow were above us in the table. Um, Adam says, the Clough heritage uh, is frugal on a budget. I don't think he would be good with a bigger budget. That's a very interesting point. He's that type of manager, isn't he? That that does wonders with small things. The Radfords have said, look, we're going to give you a bag full of money. Go and get Harland, whoever you want. And he said, no, I'm not good with a big budget. 
Give me a small budget. That's what it's done. That's what's yeah. happened. Yeah, I don't agree with that one <laughs> iota. I, I don't think any manager no. would turn around and say, no, you're all right. Put your checkbook away. Yeah. Take a zero off that, yeah. love. You're all right. No, no, it's fine. No, I think he's very good <laughs> at what he does, you know, with balancing the books. And I think if there was one, you know, is it January when they come in again? Yeah. If there was one, you know, when we were still struggling or, you know, if Owens, Oates wasn't firing on all cylinders for whatever reason, whatever, I'm sure the Radfords would help him out if he'd seen one that was, a, a you know, yeah. able uh, to come. And, and I'm forget, sure they would. You, you can always dip into the free transfer market. We've had a yeah. number of, we've, we have a number of players training with us at different times to keep yeah. fitting, to keep ticking over. They're not daft. They know exactly what they're doing. They've yeah. always got irons in the fire ready for the next move. So it's just about... And he must, he must have thousands of contacts. Oh, yeah. you know, hundreds of thousands. I think January you know, we, might, we might see some new blood anyway because yeah. you're going to have a much clearer view of what you need when you get to that point in the and season. And where we are. Yeah. And, of course, the situation with Johnson at Wall Sod, it'll either be he comes back, which is highly unlikely, or no, they buy him offers yeah. at a and decent fee. We can then invest that and that money, money is available yeah. to the playing yeah. budget. So I think there's going to be somebody. And I would, I would imagine that, like many fans, he would like another striker. Yeah. Um, but the market's not teeming with good strikers at affordable money. I'd like another 10 count my wage packet, but sometimes well, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Plus does the it, fact, so. remember the Charlton lad that was all, all but signed and sealed, exactly. you know, that, that deal, fell through. That deal will probably happen. And that, you know, that could have, uh, you know, he could have had six, seven goals by now. Well, Who us, knows? It gives us what? Hang on. What we in October, November, December. It gives us two, two and a bit months to practice yeah. saying his name. <laughs> you more than me. I'm yeah. just going to say that lad from Charlton. Or Je I'll call him Jeff. <laughs> I'll find out where his name is if he comes. I'm sure you will. Uh, Nathan asks a shameless left. Uh, um, I don't know. It would appear so. Yeah, let's just get. Let's just go. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's a question we've touched upon before. He's obviously not involved with the first team at the moment. If he's involved with the club at all, Adam Collins doing it. Um, in fact, Adam Collins' Twitter changed to, instead of head of academy goalkeeping at MTFC uh, the other week, it changed to head of goalkeeping at Mansfield Town FC. So take from that what you want. I don't know. I don't have access to those contacts or areas of, of uh, finding out anymore. I know about as much as you, but I would presume, yes, he has. I would have thought so, because I, I used to see when I was coming up through after I'd got all my stuff from Steve-O, I used to see him, and we used to have a little chat, but I haven't seen him since. Yeah, He's normally one of those that first off the coach at away games as well, and he always had a, a little chat with the fans. Yeah. Um, but he's gone, he's gone quietly, and I suspect, therefore, there's been some contretemps. Yeah, which we can't comment on, because we don't know. We don't know. Exactly. Uh, Roger says, if Nigel gets us promoted with the existing squad, I'll take my hat off to him. I see a playoff place at best, and that's in the uh, lap of the gods. I hope I'm totally wrong. Well, we hope you're totally wrong as well. We all do would... not want to go to Wembley again. No, all I would say is we're in a much better place than what we were l at this point last year. We will hit a bad spell at some point, but I think we've got enough characters in the squad now, and I think we've got enough quality to mix it about. And one thing which we've got this year, which we didn't have that last year is the ability to play one formation more we could only play with a back four last year we couldn't play with wing backs and we didn't deal with it we've learned our lessons we've played it the question will be whether Clough decides to at some point drop back to a four which I fully expect to see at some point and also when you think about it you know we've learned the lessons from last year when we had that bad start and whatever and things weren't going our way you know we got our way out of it and we, we went on the run well, it seems to be the opposite way round. We've, you know, like odd time on the home matches now we've drawn, but we've managed to win the away. So, you know, it's uh, like we said before, horses for course and just keep the run going as long as we can. Let's, Let's keep this unbeaten run going. Absolutely. And uh, next up, it's Warsaw. Don't forget, Clive, one o'clock kickoff on yeah. uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think is a gesture of support for the club who's obviously trying to save money on floodlighting. All the fans should switch their lights on their phones and wave <laughs> them. Should we off. try that in the? Should we try that in here? We try, <laughs> it's not going to have the same impact, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Turn these off. I mean, we have got we've got the above light on above us, and then we've got a, a ring light. I just think it'd be a bit well. of a bit of fun. Yeah, just a, I think it was just unfortunate the timing. Yeah, you with know, the Hartlepool had... being brought forward to the oh, Friday night, 
It was just unfortunate. Was I think if we're as. not having a minute silence for this game, it'll be the first time <laughs> we should have a minute's illumination. Yeah. <laughs> on the referee's wristle, please light up your torches on your phone or your light and provide light to the world. But, but well, seriously, Warsaw's going to be a tough game, I think. It will. And I'm glad we didn't play them last week because if we played like we did against Barrow, against Warsaw, I wouldn't have thought we'd got anything from the game. Mm. Hopefully, we'll have picked something up now. And of course, Warsaw will be without uh, the man they're relying on quite a lot of the minute, uh, Mr. Yes. Wilson. DJ. Yes. <laughs> He's good, isn't He's, he? He uh, won't be playing. No, he can't play against his no. parent club, of course. So uh, that's one uh, saving grace uh, a little bit. I do think they're a good side, though. You know, they've started relatively well. They'll cause us trouble. They've got you say whereabouts match. are they in the late? Sorry. No idea. No. <laughs> no I, uh, idea. They're about the same as us, aren't they? Yeah. Somewhere they're in and around it. They've got top to be ten, aren't they? You know, they're scoring goals for, for fun. Um, well, they were. They went dry. Yeah. But they won again on Saturday with, yeah. and Mr. Johnson got one. And they've got a very good manager as well in uh, in Flynn there, who did wonders mm. at, at Newport. Newport. And he's building up a good squad, squad there. They'll be in and around it um, this season. But obviously, we've got a home record to try and protect. Um, it'll be a decent crowd. You know, Warsaw's not that too far. No. Um, I just hope, Clive, that... Uh, They've been out to the turnstiles this week with the screwdrivers and the computers to try and fix more problems. We didn't really get to talk about this uh, post-Derby, did we? But uh, I think we probably... It's should. still not right, is it? I, no. mean, I mean, I have an awful lot of sympathy. The club is trying to do things right, and they're trying to do things right without huge capital expenditure. You can't just magic up new turnstiles, and therefore there's always going to be a large number of people going through a small number of doors. And it just doesn't tolerate digital misbehaviour. And and some of it's down to the equipment. Some of it's down to the people trying to use their tickets and what have you. Personally, I've never had a problem going through the turnstile. But for the game where there were three over just over three thousand there for the um, suet pudding cup, there was uh, there was huge queues at the beginning because they didn't open the turnstiles till too late. Because they had no, they had apparently a lack of staff. Um, the stewards were all in place, but the actual turnstile operators. This is what makes me laugh, right? Because the turnstiles were brought in digi digitally. So you don't to have reduce, to man them, yeah. So you don't have to man them. Yet the way that they are, everyone requires a man to operate, uh, an operator to, to operate them, which is ridiculous. Which but is I mean, laughable. to be fair, every ground I've been to that has yeah. digital tickets still has a man on, the only, in the, the booth. The only one that I've been to that doesn't was MK Dunn's. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one, the only one that, that didn't. Um, and it was sort of the steward on the gate. It was... Strange, but uh, yeah, I just hope that they open them early enough on Saturday and they remember because I think that was the problem with the derby game. You know, I think they forgot it was a seven o'clock kickoff and not seven forty-five. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. hope they remember it was a one o'clock kickoff. Otherwise, <laughs> we're in queer street. At ten to one, when the players are warming up and looking back, <laughs> the boycott. <laughs> Where's the, where's the fans? Alan will be there in his box doing all his, doing his uh, usual pre-match routine and going. Don't forget, well, I'll mention it. He'll be like. If Alan Lakin don't mention it, I will. Where's the fans? Where's, where's the fans? Uh, we do have to turn our attention to more serious matters, though, and that is podcast predictions. Oh. And we didn't really give a proper table update last time because we were sort of, uh, it was our little pre-recorded episode. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the update on the table after match 16, which was Barrow on Saturday. So we've got, we've skipped on from from one. Alan, you were top of uh, top of the table. Um were you were um <laughs> before the barrow game um clive you had a very good run didn't you you had a, a very good afternoon for the the barrow prediction. got it right got it spot on uh, and that has lifted you significantly uh up in our mini table we have two tables going uh. we have the mansfield matters table and we have the main table uh, and that has leapfrogged you above cam um, who is now bottom on 11 points. You're then fourth on 12. Nathan on 14. I'm there on 16. And then legging it away at the top is Mr. Wilson in the Mansfield Matters uh, table. But is he top in the main one? Yes, he is. 21 oh. points at the moment. Flash in the pan. Uh, yeah. not keep it up. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I can assure you of that. David Shetlife uh, is in second place on 19. Then it's me in third uh, on 16. JS is uh, in fourth on 15 uh, alongside Adam Crump and then it's Kathy Holmes on 14 along with Steve Nadin uh, Kiwi Stag, uh, our own Nathan Edge 
And then in 10th place, it's Cam's dad, Nick. So uh, lots of points to be scored. And this week, um, for a bit of a laugh, for a bit of a, uh, a Mickey take at the old, at the fact that, you know, we've moved the kickoff forward to try and save the bill. I'm going to add in a bonus point, uh, oh. a, a potential bonus point here. And all you've got to do is say lights on or lights off. So, of course, we've moved kickoff forward by two hours to try and save electricity on the lights. But what happens if it's a real... I think, Clive, you said this when we first talked about it. If it's a mucky day. What if it's a a mucky day, Mm. you know, clouds come over early, it starts to get dark and things like that, and they have to put the lights on. So, for a bonus point, it's will they or won't they put the lights on? Do you want the time to switch them on? (laughs) Hey, that'd be a good one, wouldn't it? I'm not going to do that because I've got to alter the form. So, we'll just do lights on, lights off at the end of your prediction. So, normal prediction first, as you're the leader... um, you can uh, you can go first. Set the example, Mr. Wilson. Mansfield Town two, Warsaw nil. So that's a two nil win. Yeah. Twentieth minute. Lights on, lights off. Lights off. Okay, right. Uh, Clive, you're next. Two one win. Yeah. No goals in the first half. It's going to be fifty nine minutes. Okay. Lights on. Lights on. He's gone for it. He's gone for it. Which way am I going to go? Um, I think it's going to be a narrow game. I think there's going to be plenty of goals. I think it's going to be a 3-2 win. Uh, And I think we will score... The first goal will be scored in the 17th minute. And I think lights on. I think think they're going to get switched on. I think they'll panic towards the end. I think they'll get switched on. Um, So there you go. Um... Get your predictions in via the link in the description. Remember that you must do it one hour and one minute before kickoff, and you must use the link in the descriptions uh, in the description. Comments via social media, DM, all that sort of stuff will not count. Only the ones via the uh, the link do count. So make sure you get involved with that. And remember, for a bonus point, lights on, lights off. <laughs> so there you go. Bit of fun for it's uh, for Saturday. That's afternoon. like Karate Kid, isn't it? <laughs> Lights on, lights on now, lights off now. <laughs> That's it, something like that. Uh, because with fun comes the other side of things. I don't know if you're aware, but today is actually World Mental Health Day. Um, so I wanted to take a little bit of time on the podcast to talk about that. We've spoken about it a number of times before. I just think that this is a good forum to do it because um, generally we have a male-dominated audience. There are a, a females that do listen uh, to the podcast but generally the stats do support that it is more of a male dominated environment and blokes don't necessarily talk about mental health but football is a common thing for us it's why we started this podcast years and years ago um, to give us something to focus on and, and things like that and I wanted to just share a little bit of a story really and that's being honest about how you feel about things in, in life and when it comes to football. And I wanted to apologise a little bit to our audience, if I'm honest. Um, and that is, I feel that this season of the podcast, with what I think 17 episodes in now, I feel it's not been as good as last season's, if I'm honest. I don't think it's been up there. I don't think the enthusiasm has, has been there. Not from you from you from Nathan or from Cam when he's watching when he doesn't watch Holly Oaks but from me and I feel that a lot and if I'm going to be completely honest I'm surprised that we've done 17 episodes I'm surprised that we've got to this point and I made a comment to you on Saturday about going to Crawley or not whether or not I want it to go and what what did I say what, what was my comment you were considering not going because you thought you needed to jump off the bus at some point or some some effect. I, I I think I took from that that you felt going to every game was some form of habit, like collecting programs that you're frightened of stopping. Mm. And and then when you do stop, you wonder why the hell you you were doing it in the first place. Um, I think it's a personal thing at the end of the day. I think you really enjoy watching Manchester play, but it is one of those painful enjoyments at times. And at the moment, you're a bit cash-strapped as well, which doesn't help because you don't, you don't go for nothing. I mean, in a away game, you're going to lose 50 quid somewhere along the line. And I think uh, I think you're wrong about uh, your enthusiasm. I think it's an internal doubt you've got. I think anybody who watches this uh, podcast 
won't recognize in you a, a, any reduction in in positivity or commitment so i think you're knocking you're knocking yourself about too much on this i know where you're coming from with this we all have doubts from time to time and going back to mental health men's mental health we are useless as as a as a, a gender we are useless at confronting these sorts of things I'm always envious of anybody who's got the emotional capability to talk about these things. I am the world's worst at discussing emotional things. I'm often described as an emotional brick. At least I think it's brick they've said. But, um, you know, and I think that makes it hard for people to, to, to help when you don't communicate very well. But I don't think I'm on my own. I think lots of men are the same. And yeah. football is one of those barrier breakers. The Football in the Community uh, Initiatives is one of them. I used to work for a charity where we did something called Men in Sheds. It was a good way of getting men together in an environment where they would talk about their health. It doesn't take them too long to talk about prostate cancer, to talk about mental health, but they'll never do it on their own. They won't talk to their partners about it, and they certainly won't volunteer to go to the doctors. Yeah, uh, and that's a, a, an interesting thing. I appreciate what you said, by the way. Um, I, it is... One of those things that football does bind people together. I know football and the community now are doing are working very, very, very hard on putting more initiatives in place. Walking football always found to be uh, that sort of uh, release. The podcast is as well, and that's why I didn't particularly want to stop doing the podcast because I was conscious that there were people that do rely on us every week to have somewhere um, to sit and something to watch and something to connect with. And sometimes it is a conversation starter. You see people that are on their own at football or you'll see people that are maybe just sort of going in, in a pair and they'll, it starts the conversation and therefore you make friends and you, you branch out a little bit. But I wanted to be honest about, you know, like Clive said, I wanted to be honest about um, why I don't feel that it's quite up there and why my enthusiasm is not there. And I wanted to sort of explain a little bit of my rationale behind wanting to stop a little bit. And I think, Losing the commentary in the summer, I think has hit me harder than what I anticipated it to. When you, for me, when I was younger, going to Mansfield was always, going to Mansfield games was always that thing of being able to release from the crap that's going off in your life. You sort of make a lot of friends through it. It gives you a common bond. It gives you a common interest to, to aim for. But I never really knew where I was going with my career and things like that. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a job. And then when commentary came around in 2009, when the opportunity to go and work with, with Tony at the radio station did and all the things that that one moment, ironically at Barrow was, um, which is why I quite, which is why I like the place mm. so much. It means quite a lot to me. Um, that sort of spring something and it sort of lit a fire inside me. And up until pretty much this time, maybe a little bit, few weeks on, um, last year, I was content in being a fan again. I was enjoying it. I was enjoying doing the podcast. I was enjoying going back to football after COVID and getting out again. And then I got that opportunity last year to do initially one game, which then turned into four, which then turned into ridiculous season where we ended up finishing at Wembley. And I buzzed off that so much. It got to a point where that was the only thing I was living for, especially sort of January, February, March time where um, things in my job weren't great. I'd switched jobs and it wasn't working for me. And it was really getting in here. And you were with me at Forest Green when we went to that, that game and you saw how much that having commentary there refocused yeah. my mind. And I had an inkling we'd lose it in the summer when things weren't going right and conversations weren't happening and people weren't replying to emails. And I thought, am I going to be able to to cope with it and I genuinely thought I would and then I, I think at home games I'm there but away games I'm still not and I think if somebody else came along and said I'll do this podcast I'll take it off your hands I'd say yeah but I don't want to I don't want this podcast to end and I feel a weight of responsibility on my shoulders for people that are out there that are watching, that are listening, that are relying on this every single week. So I just wanted to say to people that listen, that do rely on it, that we're not going to stop it. And we hope that it can give you that 
springboard to talk to somebody if you need to. But if it's not as good as what it was, if it's not there on the level it was, I do feel that. And that's why I said about going to Crawley, yes, I've got the financial thing which does play my mind. But that's irrelevant because you'll always find a way. It's that thing of... But you know, you're you're suffering from something that you really enjoyed being taken away from you. Um, It wasn't in your control. You can do nothing about that. So don't knock yourself up, up on that one. And, and in fact, the podcast might not be as good as you'd like to think it would be, but it's something you take responsibility for. And that's an important thing in mental health because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for other people around you. Do it for us. There's two old gits here. What are we going to do if you pack it in? The, you thing, know? the thing is, Craig, it, it, it's knocked you for six, hasn't it? You know, not doing the commentary. I know you've, you've been in dark places before because we spoke about it. I mean, I must admit on my own part, I'm very lucky because I'm an outgoing person, and I've never had that. I mean, I, I must be one of not many who don't seem to have problems. I can put up with it myself or whatever. And if I need to, I will talk to somebody, and, you know, in case my wife is very good at for that sort of thing. But, you know, from uh, the point of view for yourself, for what you're saying, you know, you put a lot into this, and we can see that. And I'm sure all the uh, all the listeners can see exactly what you put into it. But last year, it not, after what you'd done and all the euphoria of Wembley, and I've been with you two or three times, as you know, and I can see how much you've enjoyed it and how professional you are doing what you do. That's stretching it. it. No, it's, hey, it's and without blowing it, smoke up your backside, it's it's hard, you know, to take when that's taken away from you, yeah. and it will take some time. It's like the COVID. I was the lucky one that watched all the matches. A lot of people obviously couldn't get to, so when they came back, it was a big release for them. And I think you will get the urge, you know, who knows? Say three months down the line, that something's not going to come up job wise, you know, that suits you down to the ground or better and financially better than what you are now. Two things but, here, Craig. One is the, the listening supporters of Manchester Town are worse off because you're not part of the broadcasting team now because the, the contract moves somewhere else. I think you could have done about that. Um, those people that listen to you have been denied that. But it's a short thing. You know, that contract's going to come to an end. Is it two years they've signed up for? Three, with? Yeah. At some point, they're going to realise that there are different, better ways of doing it. And they may even start to look, the club may even start to look at doing something itself rather than relying on a contractor to do it. The other thing is um, mental health. It's, it's, a, it's a really good initiative. I, I want to do a shout out for um, uh, Gary Lou, who's uh, been That's where I was pushing an to, initiative yeah, yeah. called Men's Heads. Um, and with the help of the club. And uh, I think uh, it takes individuals sometimes to make things happen. And her catch line is, it's not, it's not weak to speak. And I think that sums it up, really, mm-hmm. that men quite often think it's a sign of weakness to show fear, to show anxiety. And it's not. Yeah. And I'm not uh, an advocate of this because I'm I, the world's worst. I think that's where it comes from because people come up to you and it's, it was really lovely at the start, like the first couple of games where people are coming up to you and saying, oh, I bet you're missing it. You know, you did really, really enjoy listening to you last year and that. But there's come a point now and I don't want to sound like an absolute arsehole for saying it because I appreciate where people, why people say it. But you get back on the bus after a game. The prime one was uh, the last away, not Barrow, the game, the crew game. Got back on the bus and the first thing someone said was, I bet you'd love commentating on that. And I'd gone from being slightly excited that we won yeah. at the last minute. To, yeah, I don't. Well, I'm going to swear, but to, yeah. Oh fuck off! Because that I appreciate what they say. I appreciate like yeah. why they say it, but I'm just like, it just makes you want to scream. And when people come up to me, I'm like, I want to be this personal uh, game who will happily have a chat and a conversation about stags because I know there's a reason behind them doing that. But in my head, over the last what. 70 what whatever how many games we've played now i'm conscious that i'm becoming this person that doesn't want to talk much that just wants to put my headphones in and just get to the game watch it and i zone out half the time because i'm trying to stop myself from commentating in my mm. head in fact i've heard myself do it sometimes and you probably you've probably heard me as well I've been there's, next there's nothing wrong with that we and did it just like you, it, listen yep. you're coming out of something that you valued and you've been denied it now it'll take you a while to get back to something like normality Different people get over things at different rates. And you're struggling a bit at the moment. We can see that. 
But you know, it's not you're not on your own. There are people around you. Life goes on. Stags are still going to be there as a, as a, a fulcrum of, of your attention. You're never going to not be a stag. Um, apart from that, you've now got a, a group of people on the coaches to the away games who rely on you to be tormented by. You know, Tracy's just put on here, Tracy Edwards, who's going to torment me on the coach if you stop going? I'm sure she'll find someone else to talk about a bill. I'll try, but I'm nowhere near as good as you. It's, it's just, it's, it just got me thinking today that, you know, it, if ever there's a better day to talk about it, it's today. And I was just conscious that it's not been my standard of where I want things to be. And if I've been a little bit standoffish with people, that is why. But it's an important thing, the message that the, you know, the club are sharing today. Some cynic in me says that they're sharing it because it's, it's, a, it's a day where people put the hashtag on it. It's in people's yeah, yeah. memories, but it needs to be constantly there that, if people want to talk, they go to football for that reason. Sometimes, you know, I've seen the looks on people's faces sometimes. You see one person go to a game, you think, oh, what a loner. But no, that's their release. That's their mm. thing of going to football. Yeah. And sometimes you just need that little bit of encouragement to speak up. So what what was the tagline? What was the, the tagline of it? It's, it's, it's not, not weak, weak to speak. It's not weak to speak. Well, that's a very good uh, thing. It is. And it's not weak to speak this week. It's not weak to speak at any time. Yeah. I made that up, by the way. Well done. <laughs> should be, you should be in PR, Clive. Well done. Well, listen, it, it, it's it, some of this is gestures, doing. and we all recognise that. That's the world we're in. But a lot of it is well, well intended. And the more times that people talk about things, the more likely it is that people will be relieved from some of the grief that they get. We don't. We all know about young men committing suicide. It's a phenomenon that's become quite apparent over the years. And anything that the we can do collectively that uh, offsets some of that has got to be worth trying. I mean, people who you'd never expect to be under that sort of psychological pressure. I'm like thinking back to Gary Speed for a minute. Mm. You know, it's such a tragedy Lee when Collins it happens. Is the, Lee is Collins is one closer to home. No one expects these things. So you, no one understands what's going on in, in their heads. It's brave of you to talk about it because I wouldn't do because it's not my way of dealing with it. And I think the fact that you're talking about it, it's got to be therapeutic for you in, at one level, but it's got to be good for other people that are listening. And on that note... We should bugger off. I'm going to ring the bell. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should, we should uh, end it there, to be fair. Um, no, appreciate all the comments that are coming in. Um, really do appreciate that. Um, the campaign that's obviously been set up, please do go and support that. I know Football in the Community, uh, which is soon going to have a little name change, a little rebrand as well. They're doing some fantastic work there. One of my mates... Uh, uh, is back in that job and uh, is doing a great job there as well, Alex. So keep an eye on what they're doing because there's a lot, lot more um, that they're going to be doing to support um, mental health and uh, men's health and things like that. So uh, have a look at what they're doing. And, and don't forget, a friend in need is a pain in the arse. Absolutely, yeah. Never, no, <laughs> seriously, no. A friend in need is not a pain in the arse. A friend in need sometimes only takes, indeed, absolutely, yeah. only takes uh, a sympathetic ear and... Uh, a little bit of appreciation. So if I've been an arsehole to you since the start of the season, there's why. I'll try not to be. And uh, hopefully we'll be back again next week to talk about all the things I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure we will. Because, you know, there, there is an addiction. I mean, put it this way. Drugs, alcohol, Mansfield Town. Two of them probably going to end up in prison. One of them, where are you going to end up? League One, crying at Wembley. <laughs> I'll take that all yeah. day long. I'll you know, on one of my other social uh, um, columns, I, I don't do it so much now, but I had a catch line and it was um, over 50 years of ruined weekends. <laughs> and that's what Mansfield Town is for a lot of yeah. people, isn't it? And yet it's it gives you something you can't put your hand on that says, I'm addicted to this. It gives me pleasure. It's perverse pleasure sometimes. You think, why the hell have I been one of those 2,000 people that turned up in the rain to watch us lose? to some nondescript team in the, the National League or the, what was it, Blue Square League when we yeah. were in Yeah, Blue Square. And you get by that, you get on. And we're we, we actually, in a fairly, comparatively speaking, Mansfield Town supporters are in a joyous place at the moment. Let's keep reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. Although if I could ask one little thing, just one tiny thing, if I could change, can we find more than one bloody song to sing? Yes, it's getting please, a bit please tiresome. Please you know, in 1980... No! <laughs> <laughs> the Rovers Cup. 70,000 times. I'm sure we'll dig out some old songs. No, seriously, if you are feeling a little bit vulnerable, if you are feeling that you want to talk, our doors are always open, our messages are always open. There are plenty of better services out there than us, though. 
uh, please go and seek the help because honestly, it will be the best thing that you do. Um, and you know what? If you can find a football club to go and follow over a weekend to get you out of that mire, sometimes they might drag you into it, but uh, that's only when you lose 5-4 when you've been 4-0 up. So it's all good fun. Uh, my thanks to Clive. My thanks to Alan for joining us. Uh, Nathan and Cam will be back with us next time, hopefully as well. Fingers crossed. Make sure you are too. By the way, if you want to get yourself uh, on the uh, bus to Crawley in what feels like about 70,000 weeks. Prices will be out soon, but you can text the travel line uh, right now, and the number that you need to call or text is 07967689597. Expertly done. Um, galvanised, solidified, toxicity. Clive's been wanting to ring that bell for the past hour. Uh, and can, and I, can I do a one minute or last shout out to Natalie, your partner, for making homemade jammy dodges? Beautiful. Hey? Oh, well, I'll get you some to take with you. There's plenty in the fridge. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I haven't got anything else to say, to be honest. So uh, thanks for watching. Bye. Well, that's all we've got time for on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast. Thanks, as always, to the panel for coming round and getting involved. And of course, to you guys at home too for getting involved in the live feed, whether that be with a comment, a like, a share, or just by sitting there and enjoying-ish the content. Don't forget to get involved with podcast predictions ahead of the Warsaw game. You must make sure that your entry is done via the link in the description one hour and one minute before kickoff. And don't forget, you can get yourself a cheeky bonus point this week, whether you pick whether the lights will be on or off as the Stags, of course, take part in the EFL's disguised experiment of whether or not they should move the kickoff time forward. We'll be back to discuss all things Warsaw and look ahead to all games coming up next week on the Mansfield Matters podcast as well. Make sure you follow us on social media for all the details of when we're next going to be live. This is the show for the fans that by the fans. Why? Because lights on, lights off, ugly or beautiful, one thing always matters. You guessed it, folks. It's Mansfield. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.